any rate, good morning. God bless you. Uh, if you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, uh, it's most of the way through the New Testament, almost to the end. First Peter 1, let's begin with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. This is our living hope, a sure salvation. And I think what it communicates to us is this connection we have with heaven. This is our future home. Everything that we have that has any value at all is in heaven. And our salvation and, and all that is being protected by God for us. Uh, Jesus left and he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Our, our entire faith is geared towards heaven. Jesus returning from heaven to gather us up, returning to back to heaven with him, and then reigning with him on the earth for a thousand years, and then you know, going into the new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. Everything is geared towards heaven. And, and so we should constantly be living our life looking to heaven where Jesus is. Jesus is there now. And he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And I think we, we get too hung up on uh, the earth that we're living on, that we're among, um, that we have to deal with. We can't decide, well, okay, Jesus has been long enough, I'm out of here. Um, you know, he's put us here for a time and a place and a season and for things. But everything we do should be looking towards heaven. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know that you're probably aware that uh, Barry and Aline had a, their 48th wedding anniversary this week, which is just yeah, amazing. There, there's, you know, to me that says this is a couple 
that is just going through life and they're they're going to heaven together, you know. Um, so everything that we're doing really needs to be focused on heaven. We need to be asking God in heaven, what should I do today? Where should I go? Who should I meet with? What should my life be about? And he is saying to us in the same way that your salvation is sure, that you have a living hope in me and through me. Well, last week we left off on a a little bit of a topic that builds on what we just read in here. In other words, having uh, this inheritance held in heaven for us. Uh, Turn back a few books to the left of 1 Corinthians 3. I want to just refresh where we left off last week. First Corinthians three, and we begin with verse ten. Remember, Paul said, "According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid." which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, so as through fire. So we, we kind of left off there last week, and I was just saying, you know, I think you probably feel the same way I do. When I, when I get to heaven, I want to hear, well, well done, my good and faithful servant, and not, you smell like smoke. <laughs> you know, just having escaped um, the fire, just getting into heaven on the Uh, skin of your teeth and these two scriptures that we've read today and another one we'll read is leading us into this discussion of crowns and rewards we've been talking a lot about grace and we've been saying you know that grace is given to us it's the gift of God that um, we there's nothing we can do to become more loved by God Um, to become more accepted by him, and that's true. And we've said that there's grace unto salvation, grace unto sanctification, uh, grace each and every day. So there comes a point where grace needs to have its effect in us and through us. Uh, We mentioned a little bit last week about how we can sometimes block grace from working through us. Um, we can cease to cooperate. We, you know, one of the things that uh, really can hinder our prayers as husbands, you know, we if we're angry with our wives, that can hinder our prayers. So we want grace working in and through us, and we want to talk a little bit about rewards and crowns, these things that are laid up in heaven for us, because the the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of things that we do on earth that really have no eternal value, no significant value. 
And once we become alert and aware of this, maybe we can begin to spend most of our time on doing things with eternal value. In other words, doing things with no expectation of return. Doing them just because um, we're following Jesus, just because He loves whoever it is that we're helping out or you know, pouring our grace out upon. You know, the book you gave when we were doing Bible studies with it on uh, Rosenberg mm-hmm. book, you know, and you were talking about being testified fire, and there was a phrase in that book, uh, one guy was telling another, well, hey, your house is on fire and burning down, and he said, well, it's not my house, it's God's house. Yeah, amen. That's amazing you remember that. Me too. Must have been over a month. Oh, boy. Well, so what are crowns and rewards? I want to talk a little bit about that so that we can kind of um, get an understanding, a biblical understanding on that. So uh, when he speaks about rewards, it you know, salvation is a gift. It can't be taken away. Um, you know, it's ours. It's given to us. But rewards are something that really is earned through what we do with our salvation. Um, it's, we read in verse 13 how it's the quality of each man's work. Um, that's the criterion. And rewards are spoken about throughout Scripture along with uh, crowns and we need to remind what we've been talking about in grace. Grace is God's empowering presence in us, working in and through in us, enabling us to do and be what he's called us to be. So grace has many definitions. Grace has many um, touch points. You know, we, that's why we say it's grace unto salvation. We, we're saved uh, by faith through grace. So... Sanctification, too, as we go through our life, grace needs to be active. It's not just something that's given to us and boom, it's just held right there in the box. It's got to be active. Um, And that's how God works through us. That's how other people come to know Him. Um, Also, to clarify, crowns and rewards... These things that we do, laying them up in heaven, are not required to get to heaven. The only thing that's required is confessing our sins and believing upon Jesus, receiving Him. It's faith. It's faith. But God has given us Jesus so that we would have life abundant. And that's not just wealth, but we should have life that, you know, we're, who said it? I think you said it waking up every morning just glad to be getting up, that's how we should be walking through the rest of our life. I was uh, telling my brother um, this last week um, in one of my conversations that my life is not my own. My life is not my own. We need to come to that point in our faith where it's not our own. It, it belongs to him. You know, we are his possession. And whatever he says goes, what great testimony, you know, he spoke to you both and you went. I mean, you could have said, but God, but no, you went. Um, 
So again, crowns and rewards, once we're in heaven, that's when those things will be tested by fire, revealed by fire. And you won't earn any crowns without grace. You cannot do it on self-effort, will, self-will, um, great ideas of your own. It, you cannot do it without grace. You know, some people say, well, I think I'm, I'm happy, you know, just getting into heaven. Why, you know, that's good enough for me. You know, why do I need to worry about these crowns and rewards and things like that? And to that I say, that's just kind of wasting this gift that God's given us. You know, we're, when we say that, we're kind of being hypocritical because whenever we pray, we want it to happen right now, right? And if the answer to our prayer is a month or two down the road, we're getting impatient. We're thinking God didn't hear or he's not giving it to us or he's not able. And uh, if, you, if you think, well, just getting into heaven's good enough, don't forget it's for eternity. Do we want to live with just good enough, no crowns or rewards for eternity? Um, I don't know. I think Jesus has given us way more, and, and we can receive a lot more joy um, and, and loving life much better if we're seeking those things above. Well, you're, you're shortchanging yourself. Amen. I mean, that's where it goes to. You may say it's good enough just to scrape in, but ultimately you're shortchanging yourself on earth and in heaven by, by stopping there and not continuing the journey that God has set before you. Amen. Well, sometimes God says no. For sure. I know. And no, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that is that when my little brother came into the world, he only lasted five days. And I, I used to have a picture of Jesus above my bed, and I prayed, please let him live. I want to have my little brother and all that. Well, no, he said no. So he obviously had other other purposes for him. And the amazing thing is, it's like I said, we're connected to heaven. You're going to see him oh, again. Yeah. That's true. Praise God. Yeah. Well, you're in 1 Corinthians, I hope, still, so turn to chapter 9, and let's look a little bit about how Paul defines how we obtain these crowns. And in his descriptions, he draws on the, the familiarity that the people had of the Isthmian Games, um, the Greek Games, the things you know we think of like the Olympics. Um, they would have them every two years, and, and the winners would be awarded uh, crowns or a wreath. And that wreath was made of pine. So 1 Corinthians uh, 9, beginning with 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, in other words, missing the target. 
But I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Run in such a way. In other words, you know, live our life out with purpose. The purpose that he gives us and with his direction in such a way that you know, when, when, we're, when we're little kids and we're in elementary school, we have those little running races, and man, we're just running all out trying to be the first one. But, you know, our, our race to heaven isn't that way. Um, it's running in such a way that the things that we do give Him glory, not that we're going to be number one. Uh, we like to joke around that, well, I must be God's favorite. Well, we know as parents, when we tell our, one of our kids, you're my favorite kid, we're just joking around. They might be our only kid. And we tell our <laughs> other kid, you know, you're my favorite. Um, we need to run in such a way, and that is pursuing the things of God that draw people to Him, that bless others, that demonstrate the grace that He's given us. Anything and everything we do... If it's not done with grace, we're going to wear out. We're going to burn out. We're going to crash. We're going to get angry at God. We're going to get angry at others. We're going to be tempted to try and walk away from God if that were possible. So there's, um, what is it, five crowns. And some of them are, well, they're all laid out in the Bible, but the first one is what we call the imperishable crown. Uh, and that's kind of what Paul was alluding to here. And that's a crown that will not uh, fade, it will not disintegrate. It's held in heaven for us. Um, we know that if you get a wreath of any kind of plant or pine needles or flowers or anything, it wilts and eventually it's just a bunch of sticks, and then it gets brittle, and, and they break. But not so with our he- with our heavenly crowns, where moth and rust do not steal and do not fade away. Uh, thieves can't break in and steal it. And this is uh, this is what Paul is trying to communicate to us when he uses this allegory about these wreaths in the games that the people run. So our heavenly crown, the one that's imperishable, is rewarded because of faithful endurance. We have to endure through troubles and trials so that faith can have its perfect result. So when you're tempted to complain about the bad times and the bad things, uh, just remember that God's with you and he is doing something in your life. He is doing something in your faith, and he's got a purpose for it, and it's a good purpose. It's not to destroy you. Uh, The crown of rejoicing. Um, In 1 Thessalonians, it says, For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? So this crown is given as we rejoice over others. Others that um, maybe we've shared the gospel with and they've come to Christ. 
Um, we all come into this community, to this fellowship, to this church from different uh, life points, different types of faith, different issues. We come in and many come in never having been to church. Many come in not even knowing Jesus. And they come here, they experience grace, they get saved. And we grow together. And we rejoice over our friendship and fellowship. I love what Isaac was saying earlier, how he's in town and he runs into other people that he meets at church or the food pantry. That's, that's rejoicing. Man, you, your smile is always going now. Yeah. And uh, that's what it's going to be like in heaven. You know, we'll be rejoicing over seeing the impact that the grace that we've shown them has had. It's not our grace, it's grace that's given to us working through us. It's powerful. Um, so that, that crown, we've got uh, the imperishable crown, the crown of rejoicing, and we will be ever rejoicing in heaven. The, the other crown is righteousness. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. Not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing. Well, this presupposes faith. But beyond that, it's faith that he came in the flesh. That um, he will come again. It says that we would love his appearing. We loved his appearing the first time when we were looking forward and loving his appearing coming again. We, that's when we, when we take communion. We're proclaiming his death until he comes again. So our entire faith needs to be aimed at heaven because we're just looking for that day when Jesus returns like he left. Um, it's faith that Jesus is more than just a, a man and more than just a good prophet. It's faith that he's God. That he's the Lord. He's our Savior. And he calls us friends and co-heirs. And it's, it's a special relationship. And if, if we're going to love his appearing, if it's going to be said or observed about us that we love this appearing, when he comes, we will be happy. We won't be shrinking away in shame like, oh no, I ran out of time. We, we love his appearing. Um, the fourth one, the crown of glory. So Paul says, Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. He says, Shepherd the flock of God among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God. And not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. Nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So this, this crown is for faithful church leaders and ministry leaders who did not shrink in the face of uh, persecution, which we are told will come. That we will have persecution. And if we find ourselves 
going through life, um, railing against church, in a sense trying to destroy church. Uh, we're just not um, doing what Jesus wants us to do, what he expects us to do. And we have the crown of life. This crown is for all believers, but especially for those who endure sufferings. So if you um, suffer in doing your personal ministry, uh, if you suffer doing mission trips, um, you suffer in, in the things that you are doing for Jesus, on behalf of Jesus, for others, um, this, this is the type of crown that you'll receive. He tell, James tells us that this crown is for all those who love God. So the question is, how do we demonstrate our love for God? Well, we obey the commands of Jesus, and we've spent a lot of time talking about that. That's how we demonstrate our love for him. So as we go through these, these crowns and these rewards, and in the fact that we're doing things uh, not for what we're going to receive today, but just laying it up in heaven and just trusting God to um, give us the reward. In fact, the Bible even says if we receive the praise of men and rewards here on earth for the things we're doing for him, that's all we're getting for that one. We've received the rewards. So be um, diligent and persevering when you're doing things for other people, when you're asked to do things for other people, to do it with this frame of mind. I had a, a very real challenge this week, um, giving grace to a uh, single woman that got out of jail. And the only way I can describe it was, uh, can you give this to me? Can you help me? Sure, sure. Oh, I need this. Oh, yeah. And oh, and a little bit more. And it's starting to hurt. <laughs> Testing my patience. And, uh, but I can tell you this. I, I was fearing having to drive her to the bus because it was a four-hour ride. That I was fearing it. <laughs> and it's, I just had to pray. But you know what? When I dropped her off, I almost felt like crying. <laughs> I, I felt like I'm sending my daughter <laughs> on the bus to another state. I didn't admit that, but... Um, you know, country. God can work in another country. Yeah, I, I would go home at night with Adrian and complain and whine and moan about um, the tests I was going through. So, it, you know, no matter where you're at in your faith, God will keep growing you and testing you. And um, just count it all joy. James tells us, count it all joy. So I just want to kind of finish up um, because the one thing that um, occurred to me that sometimes as much as we talk about grace, it's almost like we create a divine person out of grace. Where's the Holy Spirit in this role? The Holy Spirit is the divine person. And he is the spirit of grace. He is in us and speaks and communicates grace to us so that we know what to do and how to do it. In grace. So remember that grace is, is an attribute of God. It's an attribute of Jesus. Moses came with the law, and Jesus came with truth and grace. So 
Um, it's an attribute. It's an action of God. It's not a divine person like the Holy Spirit is. So I just want to kind of clear that up because I started thinking, well, I wonder if we're getting confused here. So I just want to finish up with uh, some aspects of grace. And I think we all know this, but sometimes it helps just to remind us. So we, we receive grace, and that leads to giving. So giving is a spiritual grace. Giving is really hard to do when it's coming out of your self-will. But if it's coming from the grace of God, it becomes a lot easier. You, you feel like, I can do this, and, and I trust God, and if I feel like I'm giving something away that I need, God's going to replace it. And if He doesn't replace it, He's going to show me why. Maybe even something better. And the blessings of grace lead us to freedom in our calling. And, and that's, that's what this uh, Grace Walk book shows us, that you know, we're free in Christ. We're, we're free, and we, we have liberty. Um, grace leads us to freedom, but it also leads us to having relationships that are good, that are healthy, um, relationships with people that are a blessing. And that's what this fellowship here is. Um, it's because of grace. Amen. Amazing grace. Amen. So, Amazing Grace Community Church is formed as the one another place. And we aren't a club. Church shouldn't be a club. But rather, we're a church in the center of Aspen Springs. We're a community church Amen. for the community. And those of us who are older, we can remember when community was something that was the fabric of our life and our neighborhoods and places we lived. There was community. People got together and, and we lived our lives with each other. And that's been lost, except for at the church. So let us uh, value and treasure this, this thing that God has given us, this uh, house of God, this treasure, this this living community, and I can tell you community has never been more needed than it is now. Amen. Um, I'm sure you see it too. All of the separation, the fragmentation, and the purposeful um, setting apart and, and uh, getting everybody separated and fighting with each other. Community has never been more needed. And uh, CC was communicating that. You know, that's what they're doing the food pantry. Oh. And they're coming for more than just food. And it sounds like they're staying for more than just food. <laughs> yeah. um, true food. Yeah. And, and, and we joke around um, because so many people, when we go out and we help them out with food or whatever we do, uh, or they call us and ask for help, we're their church. And these are from people who have never stepped a foot inside this building. But we're their church. Just because we're in the middle of Aspen Springs. That's a heavy responsibility for us mm. to remember that. So when we're out there um, helping people, um, let's just praise God that this community is, is our church. It's part of it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right, so praise God. Let's gather around and pray for one another.